Hello. Before I begin the podcast, I'd like to throw in a little disclaimer about what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. In this episode, I will be reading graphic descriptions of murder, violence, sexual violence, torture, and other things that are only suitable for mature audiences. I strongly suggest that if you are under the age of 13, or if you just feel like you won't be able to handle hearing descriptions of brutal serial murders, that you go ahead and turn off the podcast now. No harm, no foul, and everyone's happy. So, as always with this kind of content, listener discretion is heavily advised. With that being said, let's jump into the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Serial Killer Countdown. This is the sixth episode of my podcast where I talk about vicious and disturbing serial killers. Um, for this podcast, I really try to talk about serial killers that haven't really been covered a lot by the media, at least by the Western media that I've seen anyway. And I think I've done a pretty decent job of that so far. At least I've really learned a lot about different serial killers just from researching and producing this podcast. And it's really been quite fun and interesting. And I hope you feel the same way so far. Like I said in my last episode, uh, this podcast is really a very part-time hobby for me, and my schedule this summer has just been absolutely crazy, so I've I've just been trying to fit in this podcast when and where I can, and uh, I apologize for the very non-rigid publishing schedule that I've had so far, but I hope you're enjoying the podcast regardless of that. I'm actually really excited about this week's episode as I find the serial killer that I'm going to be talking about today extremely interesting. And he is very different than the killers that I've been talking about so far in this podcast. In my past episodes, pretty much all of the killers that I've talked about have been killers of young children or young women. And their MOs were very sexual-based, sexual in nature. There was a lot of rape, sexual molestation, necrophilia, stuff like that. But the man I'm talking about today was really not like that at all. In fact, he was more akin to a real-life Dexter Morgan, if you've seen the popular TV show Dexter, which is about a serial killer who kills other serial killers. So much so that I even wonder if maybe Dexter was vaguely based on this man. And the man I'm talking about today is named Pedro Rodriguez Filo, also known as the Matador. Confirmed murders, 71 people. Possible murders based on further evidence collected, 100 people throughout Brazil. So before I jump into all the murders that this guy committed... I wanted to start, as I normally do, with his childhood. And interestingly, just like Pedro Lopez, the monster of the Andes, whom I've already talked about in this podcast, the other Pedro, this Pedro's life, was filled with violence before he was even born. In 1954, a few months before he was born, his father repeatedly kicks his pregnant mother in the belly during a heated argument. And this causes Pedro to be born with a damaged skull. And I have to wonder if maybe this damage to his skull and his brain possibly affected his disposition later in his life. 
This is not an unheard of thing to have happened to somebody. Maybe this damaged skull was one of the reasons that he became a murderous criminal in the first place. It's really interesting to think about. Anyway, Pedro Rodriguez Filo was born in 1954 in southern Brazil, and he felt the urge to kill relatively soon into his childhood. At the age of 13, Pedro gets into a brutal fight with his cousin and almost kills the young man by pushing him into a sugar cane press. Now, if you've never seen a sugar cane press, I have to say, it would be a really terrible way to die. It's basically just a bunch of gears connected to two huge connected rollers that flatten out the sugar cane when you place the sugar cane into them. Now imagine a body being stuck between these rollers. Just imagining it makes my skin crawl, and Pedro Filho tried to do this to his own cousin, showing absolutely no remorse. At age 14, he finally succeeds in killing a man, the deputy mayor of his small hometown, by shooting him in front of the city hall. The deputy mayor had had Pedro's father fired from his job as a security guard at Pedro's school because he was accused of stealing a school lunch. However, one of Pedro's father's co-workers was the real culprit of this theft. So after killing the deputy mayor, Pedro then finds the guard who had actually stolen the lunch and shoots him dead as well. He flees his hometown after this incident and takes up residence in Sao Paulo, Brazil. In Sao Paulo, he begins robbing drug dens and killing drug traffickers, which is a very risky way to make a living. But he's so good at it that he becomes one of the de facto drug, kingpin, drug kingpins in Sao Paulo. And at this point, he's basically 14, 15 years old. Soon after this, he meets a deceased drug kingpin's wife named Botinia, and they strike up a relationship. They begin living together, but after a while, Pedro's lifestyle catches up to him, and Botinia is murdered by a rival drug gang. In seeking revenge for this murder, Pedro tracks down and brutally kills many of the rival drug gang who participated, trying to find out who was responsible for the plan. Eventually, he finds out through the torture and killing of the drug gang that it was one of his rivals in the drug trade who had planned the murder of his partner. Pedro gathers a group of four friends and attacks the man responsible at a wedding party, leaving seven dead and 16 wounded. And I almost imagine this kind of like that scene from the movie Kill Bill, if you've ever seen that, where the gang of assassins, uh, spoiler here, just goes into the wedding and murders the entire wedding party, just taking everyone by surprise and gunning them all down without remorse. And it's chilling to think that this could happen in real life. After the brutal wedding killing, Pedro finds out that his father, in a fit of rage, had killed his mother. So he tracks his, father's, his father down and murders him with 21 machete blows and 22 stab wounds. It's even said that he tore out his father's heart and chewed up a portion of it and spat it back out onto his father's body. So we can see that this man is just absolutely deranged. And at this point, he's only 18 years old. But so far, we really haven't even gotten into Pedro Filho's serial killing. 
at this point, he's really only killed due to revenge or being a drug kingpin. And he really doesn't yet fit the mold of what we would call a serial killer. But that would all completely change when he's arrested for the first time in 1974. During this arrest, Pedro is put into a transport with another prisoner, with both of them handcuffed together. After the short drive, when the police go back to open the door, they find the man that Pedro is handcuffed to dead. Without hesitation, Pedro confesses to murdering the man, claiming that he did it because the man was a rapist. And this would begin Pedro's long career, so to speak, of murdering his fellow inmates. And this is also where we see his comparison to the fictional Dexter Morgan really take root. Some journalists in the media even nicknamed Pedro the Brazilian Dexter, and he really took a liking to killing inmates in prisons where he was incarcerated, either to cause the other inmates to fear him to make his stay easier, or to kill people that he thought deserved retribution, which we've already seen earlier in his life as he took revenge on people that did that killed people that he cared about. According to his fellow prisoners when interviewed by interested journalists and other police, they would say that Pedro Filo was almost like a phenomenon in the Brazilian prison system. He ended up being incarcerated for 34 years due to the maximum sentence in Brazil at the time being 30 years, and then he was given another four years in prison for his murders while he was incarcerated. Inmates in Brazil rarely, rarely lasted that long, if they had a sentence that was that long. However, due to his brutality with regards to other inmates, he was able to survive longer than many of the other prisoners. He killed and wounded dozens upon dozens of inmates in the prisons in which he was held, and he was really regarded as one of, if not the most, dangerous prisoner in the entire Brazilian penal system. A few of the stories associated with Pedro Filo are really quite interesting. In one instance, he was attacked by five prisoners all at once. However, he was able to kill three of them and chase the other two away with only minor injuries to himself. Next, he was said to have killed one of his cellmates because the man snored too much. He killed yet another cellmate, and after this, when asked why, he simply stated that he did not like the man's face. To really leave no doubt as to what he was all about and his personality, he tattooed I Kill for Pleasure on his left arm. Not only did he kill rapists and gang members, but he is even known to have killed a fellow serial killer named Francisco de Assis Pereira. And I probably butchered that name, but... <laughs> and this man was a serial killer who raped and killed 11 women and was dubbed the Park Maniac. And with this murder, he definitely cemented himself as the Brazilian Dexter. And maybe um, one day in the future I'll do an episode on Pereira, the Park Maniac. We'll see. In the 34 years that Pedro Filho was incarcerated in the Brazilian penal system, he ended up killing a total of 47 fellow inmates, which in America would be absolutely unheard of and probably would have called for a death sentence. However, due to the slack laws in Brazil, he was released in 2007 by law as he could not be held any longer. 
Pedro Filo is extremely interesting to me because he's really not at all like the other serial killers that I've been talking about on this podcast. Learning about him was, and this might sound kind of bad, but it was really a welcome break from researching and learning about all of the child killers and rapists that I've been talking about on this podcast so far. Some people have even gone as far to call Pedro Filho the nicest serial killer ever due to the fact that he only killed other criminals and he never really killed innocent civilians like almost every other serial killer in existence. When he was originally arrested, Pedro was designated as a psychopath by the doctors and psychiatrists at the prison where he was being held. Someone without remorse and no compassion for others. However, after he detailed his life story and some more facts about his early life started to become known to his doctors, this diagnosis was reevaluated. Psychopaths are known to not develop any compassion or affection for others, but Pedro Filho clearly showed affection early in his life, especially when he revenge murdered two people responsible for firing his father from his job and when he brutally murdered his own father for killing his mother. He obviously showed affection for these people. Granted, it was in a kind of messed up way, but it was affection nonetheless. So, the doctors reevaluated Pedro's psyche and changed his diagnosis from being a psychopath to just being paranoid and antisocial. One doctor reported that Pedro's single goal in his entire life was the violent affirmation of oneself. And we can kind of see that by looking back into his very violent and turbulent lifestyle. So he's released from prison in 2007 after serving the 34 years that he was sentenced to. And he's not really heard of until about four years later in 2011 when he's re-arrested by the Brazilian police for participating in six riots. He yet again commits various crimes while incarcerated and is given more time to serve due to each crime. However, he is released in 2018 after seven years and a seven-year stint in prison, and astonishingly, he has become a very successful YouTuber. And yes, you heard that right. He has become a very successful YouTuber. His channel currently has 84,000 subscribers, and he uses these subscribers and his millions upon millions of video views to spread advice to youngsters about staying out of the gang lifestyle. So for once, perhaps we may finally get a somewhat happy ending to one of these episodes. Thank you so much for listening to this sixth episode of the Serial Killer Countdown podcast. I've had a pretty big jump in listeners recently, and I'm so glad that you all found my podcast. And I really hope you're enjoying the quick little chill podcast I've been producing about these various killers. And I hope I've been uh, talking about killers that you may not have known about before. 
My production schedule for this podcast has slowed down quite a bit as I've been extremely busy lately, and this is really just kind of a little pet project hobby thing that I've been doing. So I apologize for the erratic publishing schedule that I've been having lately, but I want to thank you for listening anyways. I'm your host, uh, Jordan McCollum, and if you'd like to reach out or just follow my daily thoughts or whatever, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash jordskc. That's twitter.com slash j-o-r-d-s-k-c. Thank you and have a great rest of your day. Thank you.